Good morning and welcome to morning worship in the parish of Castlechur and Gosainen on the second Sunday of Advent. It's great to have you with us. Let me introduce myself. My name is Adrian and I'm the vicar and during the service today other people will be joining me. Karen and Phil will be reading from the Bible for us and my colleague Andrew will be helping us to understand those Bible verses a little better. We hope that you're blessed and that you're encouraged during the service today. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about what we're up to and how you can be a part of that, then please do look at our website, saintcath.org.uk. And we'd love to hear from you too if you'd like to find out more, so please be in touch. As we begin our service, let me pray the collect, the special prayer for the church today. Father in heaven, you sent your Son to redeem the world, and you will send him again to be our judge. Give us grace so to imitate him in the humanity and purity of his first coming, that when he comes again, we may be ready to greet him with joyful love and firm faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be risen up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. 
the grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice and with a shout, lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. And he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let all mortal flesh keep silent And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended homage to demand King of kings yet born of Mary As of old on earth he stood Lord of lords and From Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah 
the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the river Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O God, help us to listen to your word with understanding, to receive it with faith and to obey it with courage, for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. It's hard to know what to make of this Christmas. Disappointment that it will be different. Looking forward to something good in a difficult year. Or simply exhaustion, as the to-do list lengthens and there's just too much and somehow we've lost the enthusiasm and the oomph. Will it all fall flat? Oh, will the children be excited as ever? and then perhaps face a disappointing new year. Well, today we read the start of Mark's Gospel. And the first thing we noticed in Bible study when we started reading this was that he begins with an excitement. Not an excitement worked up by somebody trying to manipulate, but with an excitement which seems genuine and which doesn't seem to wear out as he goes on, and, I hope, has still not worn off and won't. For Mark, religion and the message he's got to deliver is not only important and therefore serious, but also exciting and good. He's enthusiastic about it. It's happening, and it's quite infectious. Losing that sense of excitement can be one reason why religion becomes boring. And once religion becomes boring, then that is the death of motivation. We don't want to do it. Well, perhaps we shouldn't be doing religion anyhow. Perhaps we should be following Jesus, but you know what I mean. What Mark has to tell us, first of all, is that the good news, and it is good news, it's the gospel, literally good news in Greek, is all about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's something we lose sight of at our peril. Jesus is not only God's gift through whom we can see the invisible God and understand what the incomprehensible deity is like. Jesus is also the way we are brought back to God, forgiven and freed. There's a danger in thinking that Jesus is just, well, just almost anything, just our friend, just the picture in the children's Bible, just anything we can actually understand and get our heads around because the Son of God is always bigger than our imagination, much more rounded than any picture we might have, and much fuller than our present understanding, no matter how good that is or how long we've spent developing it. Mark doesn't waste time or paper. This is just the first line of his Gospel, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And how does he go on? Well, with an Old Testament prophet, Isaiah, and his announcement of a messenger to prepare the way. 
Mark is going to make clear that the whole of the Old Testament has been unfolding God's plan. It's been showing what God has been up to from the beginning of the world right through the development of human society and God's people in particular. And it's been preparing the way for the coming Messiah, the great King. As we shall discover, the King was rather different to what people commonly expected, and so preparation and somebody to do it was very much needed. Those who wanted a quick victory over the Romans with a revolution and a make Israel great again campaign, we're going to have to learn something different, something that looked different and felt different and was different. And if they can't get their heads around that, they're going to be deeply and totally disappointed. The prophecies of Isaiah's book play a part. You probably know them from carol services. The people who dwelt in darkness have seen a great light. The root of Jesse, Jesse's tree, the uh, descendants of the father of King David, one of whom's Jesus, of course. And uh, if you're not going to quite so many carol services this year, you might like reminding that there'll be quite a few on television and radio. King's College, the Mother's Union have got one. Some of the other societies have organised special events. And they'll be, if not on television, at least on the internet. And if you remember to listen, you'll be reminded of all those forward-looking passages which help to create hope and expectation, that set us up for what is coming, not just at Christmas, but the whole good news of Jesus. Mind you, Mark is moving on quickly, and we must follow. By verse 4, he gets to John the Baptist. Mark understands him, quite rightly, to be the messenger that Isaiah was talking about, and he comments on his dress and his prophetic style. Prophecy, yes, we talk about in the Old Testament, and sometimes forget that it seemed to die out. Perhaps 400 years before Jesus, the prophets weren't to be found anymore, and there was a certain nostalgia for them. So when John comes along, dressing like a prophet, eating like a prophet, living like a prophet, talking like a prophet, that causes quite a stir. And it's a sign that something is happening and waking up. John's a pretty blunt character. He calls people to repentance, thundering his message in the deserted parts of the country. And the call is to turn around, to do things differently, to live with a different set of priorities. And this is how people are to get ready for the one who is to come after him. It's a message which he shouts out for rich and poor, for the religious and the secularised. It's an uncompromising, straightforward message. You need to be forgiven. And you'd better get on with it and do it now, before my successor comes. And hopefully it's a message that we don't just dismiss as a, an interesting bit of antiquity. Because it's still an important message for us all. You need to be forgiven. You, however you've lived for the past weeks and months and years, need to turn again to what is right and good 
and to deliberately leave behind what doesn't fit with that. And it needs to be done now. And there's a buzz about all of this. There's excitement and urgency, a proper urgency. This isn't a worked-up hysteria. What John says is real. And it's something more than just a personal preparation. Now is the time to face up to things we've been avoiding. Now we can sort out and put right our lives, our relationships, what we're actually doing with our time and our effort. Now we can get ourselves right with God, with other people, and yes, with ourselves. And it had better be now, because something new is coming, which will take our time, effort and attention, but need us to be ready. Mark is clear. This is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And yes, he's talking about what happened at a particular time, but he's also speaking to us. This is the beginning of the good news. As we repent, as we focus again on what is really good, what is of lasting value, as we do a little weeding in our lives and our priorities, our attitudes and our relationships, and sort them out. What will be new? Well, the coming of Jesus is always new, whether it's at Christmas or whether it's in a new life of faith. And the world that we'll face in a new year is going to be a different world, a world in which the hope and the love and the help of Christian people is going to be needed by so, so many. And we'd better be ready and have ourselves sorted out for the glory of God and for the hope of those among whom we live. Amen. Thank you so much to Andrew for sharing with us this morning. 
Let's just pause and pray then for a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to enter into your presence and we know that you're with us as we pray today. Christmas this year is a Christmas with a difference. There's normally a busy rush in the air as people prepare to celebrate this time of year. Yet as Christians in some way, Advent is no different for us this year because it is a time to stop, a time to be still and to pause, to sort out our lives and our relationships, our relationships with one another and our relationship with God as we prepare for the coming of Jesus as our Saviour, our Friend, our Lord and our King. So this year again, we pause and we're still. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would convict us of those things that are not of you, that we would find the time to enter into your presence, to be formed and transformed into your image and your likeness. We want to become more like Jesus. We want to reflect his life and his ways so that we might be ready for his coming. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray today for our church, for the communities of St Michael's, of St David's and St Catherine's, for the Diocese of Swansea and Brecon, for John our Bishop, for all the clergy and people of our diocese. We pray too for the worldwide church, that as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus, we might remember to our calling to be the good news in what we say and what we do. May we, in the way that we live out our lives, tell that great story of love, mindful that we may be the only Bible that some people ever read. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our world and all its needs. We pray for wisdom for world leaders. We rejoice in the news of a vaccine, but we continue to pray too for everyone working on the front line, trying to suppress the spread of this pandemic. For doctors and nurses, for hospital staff, for teachers and those working in schools, for our children and young people, we pray too for colleges and universities as they prepare for the end of term. We especially pray today for Gower College here in Gosainen, for Mark the Principal and for all the staff there. And we pray too for Swans University, for all in positions of leadership in that place. Lord, we know that as we continue to grapple with the challenges of this world that things are not as you intended and we long for your coming for the fulfillment of all your promises for a time when there will be no more suffering or pain lord come among us we pray lord in your mercy hear our prayer we continue to pray for our community and its people and all their needs we pray for our friends and neighbours and all their concerns. Just this week I was chatting with someone who was telling me that before Christmas, year on year, there's more crime. Very often because people are looking for a safe place to put down their head where they'll be dry and safe and well fed. And we long for a world where people don't need to be criminalised to be safe and well fed. We long for a better tomorrow. We continue to pray for those who seek to support those in need. For those across our community engaged in charity work. We pray for our food bank. For those who volunteer week on week. And we pray too for those who are in need of a food parcel. We pray too for our Baby Basics project and for that endeavour to seek out and love and serve young mothers in a time of need. 
and we're mindful of that challenge that Andrew gave us, that as the pandemic passes, it'll be a very different world. A world where people will need the hope, the love and the help of Christian people more than ever before. So I pray today that we search our hearts and ask that question, are we ready? Are we ready to serve? May we be mindful of the time and energy and resources that we have that we could share with others to help build that better tomorrow. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, in this season of Advent, as we long to be ready for the coming of Jesus, we pray for ourselves. Lord, would you forgive what we've been, accept what we are, but help to amend what we will be, so that our lives might tell your great story of love, so that through us people might see Jesus, might encounter Jesus, and come to be more like him. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Set his love upon 
So as the service draws to a close, can I reassure you again of my love and my blessings? If you're listening and you're in any kind of need, then please don't be shy to be in touch with us. Our heart is to love and to support everyone in our community. So the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.